Christmas often reminds us about the celebrations, the cakes, gifts, Santa, nativity, the lights, and a Christmas tree. But what is Christmas really all about? Amidst all the celebrations, the true meaning of Christmas is God's amazing one-time gift to mankind, which brought with it love, joy, peace, hope, grace, salvation, redemption, forgiveness, purpose, destiny, and life in all its fullness. The real reason for Christmas? The Christ of Christmas. For many people, unfortunately, Christmas is all about jingle bells and Santa Claus and uh, everything else. And sometimes we, it, it, it could even be about the cradle and the crib and the, the baby in the manger and uh, about the wise men and about uh, the shepherds and about the angels singing and, and about Christmas carols and about uh, gifts under the Christmas tree and all of that. But in all of that festivity, sometimes we forget the Christ of Christmas. So this morning, I want to take a few moments here just to talk to us about the Christ of Christmas. The very one whom we celebrate this day. Who is this Christ of Christmas? Who is this Jesus Christ? This, this baby in a manger, this this one that we celebrate, that Christmas is supposed to be really all about. Even though unfortunately in our world today, there are so many distractions that we actually forget the one whose birth we're celebrating. And I want to help us see this morning that the Christ of Christmas is more than just a great teacher or the one who's, uh, who founded or around whom Christianity is, surrounds. He's more than a great philosopher, more than a great charismatic leader, or even a prophet of God. I want us to consider these five core, very important, essential facts about the Christ of Christmas. The first truth is this, that this Christ of Christmas, whom we celebrate whose birth we celebrate, that He is actually the eternal Creator. He's not just a baby in a manger. He's not just, you know, this great philosopher, great teacher, this great prophet of God. He's way beyond all of that. He is really the eternal Creator. Look at some of the things the Bible says about the Christ. It says in John chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, and then verse 14, it says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. Then verse 14 says, And the Word, this Word that we're talking about, the one who was with God, who was God, who made everything, This word became flesh and dwelt among us. So who was this baby in a manger? Not just a descendant of Abraham. Not just a seed of David. He was God. 
He was the eternal creator, the one by whom all things were made. He, this eternal creator God, became flesh, became a man and dwelt among us. Colossians chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 says, For by him, this Christ, by him, all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. So who is this Christ that we are celebrating? The one who created all things. Who was before all things. And in whom. Everything consists. That's the one we're celebrating. The eternal creator. So can you imagine that when this Jesus, when this baby in the manger grew up. And he began to speak to people. He comes up with this statement in the gospel of John chapter 8 and verse 58. He tells the people around him. Hey guys, did you know? Before Abraham was. I am. It's like, wait a minute. We were there when you were born. We saw you as a little baby in a manger. What are you saying? He says, before Abraham was, I am. This Christ of Christmas is the eternal creator. Now I want you to travel with me back in time and actually before time. Let's go before the beginning. What does the Bible say to us about Christ, the eternal creator? Before the beginning, there was God. And there was only God. So we're saying before Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God... Now, before the beginning, there was God. And there was only God. There was no space, no time, no mass. There was no measurements as we know it in our realm, in our three-dimensional worlds. There was only one place, it was God. Now, before the beginning, in Him, everything happened. The Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were fellowshipping with each other. So before the beginning, there was fellowship. You and I are created in the image of God. What, is, what do you think would be our greatest need? Fellowship. Because even before there was anything in God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, or in fellowship. Before the beginning. In God. Then came the totality of wisdom and knowledge. The design of all things. Proverbs chapter 8. Wisdom is speaking. Wisdom says. Before the world was created. Before the oceans came. Before all this came. He brought me forth. 
Colossians 2, 3 says, In him, that's in Christ, is all the wisdom and knowledge in him. So the design for everything came forth before the beginning. So in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, came forth the wisdom of all creation. Every detail was designed in him before the beginning. And therefore we say that all of creation is really an expression of who he is. Colossians 1.16, which we just read, it says, In him all things consist, and all things were created by him. So all of creation is really an expression of himself. Because it was all designed in him before the beginning and that's why all of creation is the handiwork it's a fingerprint of god the bible says that the invisible attributes of god are seen in his creation because all of creation took place in him before the beginning it's a fingerprint of god it's a part of him in him all things consist all of creation Took place in him. All of creation begins and ends in him. He is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning of all of creation was in him. And the Bible says in Hebrews 4 and verse 3 that all the works were completed in him. Before the foundation of the world. That means even before he created, he completed everything. The beginning and the end was all completed in him. Even before he began creation. He's the Alpha and the Omega. In him there is no time, there is no space. He is at the beginning and at the end at the same time. And all of this took place in him. He completed everything in him even before he created anything. Hebrews 4 and verse 3. The Bible says that he is the Lamb of God slain from before the foundation of the world. Which means that even before he created, he was the Lamb of God. He was already crucified. Redemption was already completed in him. So redemption is not just a work that took place in time. Redemption is a work that took place outside of time in him. The lamb of the book of Revelation that we read did not suddenly appear in John chapter 1. The lamb of God was there before the foundation of the world. Redemption took place. Everything was done in him before the foundation of the world. The book of life was written before the foundation of the world. Which means our names were written in the book even before creation ever took place. So how is that possible? 
Because God is at the beginning and at the end at the same time. In Him, there is no time, there is no space. He lives outside of that realm. And so, God saw through time, as we would call it. He saw your name. And He wrote your name in the book of life. Even before the creation of the world. He knows the end from the beginning. He is at the beginning and at the end at the same time. You and I travel 50, 60, 70 years to reach our end. It's not so with God. In Him, all things consist. The beginning and the end is in Him. So the book of life was written, your name was written in it, even before the world was created. Because He saw the choice you will make. He knew ahead of time what will happen, the decisions you will make. The Bible says, we were chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. Before He created anything, you were in Him. You say, but I didn't exist. But the Bible says you were already in Him before the foundation of the world. Before He created anything, the Bible says, That we were called, we were justified, and we were glorified to be Christ-like. Even before he created us. And even before he created the world. The Bible says in Matthew 25 verse 34. That we were chosen to inherit his kingdom. So what's this telling us? That everything was completed in him before he began creation. And this eternal God in whom everything was already completed now steps into time as that baby in the manger. Amen. In him everything is done. You know that's why God never gets Nervous when things go out of hand on the earth? Because he's already completed it in himself. You and I get nervous. Oh no, this is happening, that's happening. God, God, God says, it's already done in me. Everything is completed. The book of life has been written. Your names are written. Everything is done. You get nervous. You get upset. You get worried. You get anxious. God says, it's already done. I completed it before I began. And this is the Christ whom we worship. The eternal creator. The eternal God whom we bow down before. You think he's an ordinary baby? You think he's a small little child? No, no, no. Think again. We're worshiping the one in whom all things consist. Everything is already done in him. We are worshipping him. Second, who is this Christ of Christmas? He is the incarnate God. Now, this great God now becomes a man. Like one of us. 
so that we could at least understand little bit about him. Little bit. Everything we know is infinitely small compared to who he really is. Can you imagine this vast infinite universe was already in him before it came out of him? We're trying to figure it out. We're saying, well, it's a few billion light, light years away. That's our measurements. But in him, there is no measurement. It's already there. And this great eternal God incarnates, becomes like one of us. So that we can at least understand a little bit about God. With whatever capacity we have. I want, to under, I want us to understand that this baby in the manger is eternal God becoming man. He's not just another baby. He's not just another great man. Look at some of these scriptures. Isaiah 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Who is this? Mighty God. Was being born in that manger. The everlasting father. The prince of peace. The prophet Micah wrote in Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Several hundred years before the birth of Christ. Isaiah wrote 700 years before the birth of Christ. Micah says. But you Bethlehem Ephrata. Though you are little among thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting meaning. Bethlehem, you're the smallest little town, but out of you will come a ruler who has always existed. He's eternal. This baby is the eternal God. Philippians 2, 5-7 Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God. This one who became a man was the one who was in God form. He was equal with God but he didn't hold on to it. But he humbled himself and became a man. 1 Timothy three sixteen, and Without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God was manifested in the flesh. God, the eternal God, became a man. Now this incarnation, the Bible tells us, is the one and only incarnation of God. Now think with me, reason with me here. If God had to become a man, He needs to do it only once. There is no need for multiple incarnations. Because he's God. If there was a, the need for multiple incarnations tells us that every incarnation is imperfect. And that's why there's a need for one more. But the Bible doesn't tell us about that. The Bible talks about just one and only one incarnation of Almighty God, Jesus Christ. And one is enough because this is the perfect God who became the perfect man. There was nothing imperfect in him. There is no need for anyone before or after. This one is the complete representation 
of the unseen God. So who is this child? He's the only incarnation of the unseen God. The perfect, complete incarnation. The first and the last. Thirdly, who is this child? The savior of the world. This is God who became a man. Who came to save you and me. From our sin. From the result of the fall. When Adam and Eve disobeyed and they fell. They went into sin. They came in subjection to Satan. And sickness and disease. And all the wrong things that came into this world. God came to save us from that. And if he came to save us. He came to do a perfect work. He did a complete work. Look at some scriptures that you and I are familiar with. Matthew one twenty one. She will bring forth a son. He will call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Who is this Jesus? The one who came to save us. Save people from their sins. 1 Timothy 1.15 This is a faithful saying. It's worthy of all acceptation. Everyone can embrace this. What is it? That Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. 1 John 4.14 We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. Jesus Christ came to be our Savior. This baby in the manger came to be your Savior, my Savior, to save us from our sin, from things that ruin our lives, from sickness and disease, from the control of devils and demons and Satan. Jesus Christ came to save us. And through his deaths on the cross, where he bore our sins, he paid the price for our sins, Through his death on the cross where he triumphed over Satan and all the demonic powers that controlled us. And through his resurrection, he provided salvation for every person in this world. Number four, who is this Christ of Christmas? He is the risen Lord. The eternal creator, the mighty God who became man, who came to be our savior, when he died, was crucified, put to death, and laid in a tomb. He didn't stay there. He rose up from the dead. The Bible tells us the third day. Eyewitnesses saw him. Even those who were against the message of the Christ recorded that he did rise. His tomb was empty. It's an historical fact that he's risen. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The evidence of his resurrection today is in changed lives. So many of us sitting here, our lives have been changed. It's a testimony that Jesus Christ is alive. The evidence of his resurrection is in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that because he ascended into heaven, he sent forth the Spirit of God. And so many of us sitting here and around the world have experienced and have continued to experience the work 
of the Holy Spirit. It's an evidence of his resurrection. The evidence of his resurrection is in the power of his name. Where in his name prayers are answered. Devils run in terror. Sicknesses are healed. The captives are set free. There is power in that name. It's evidence. He's alive. A dead man's name cannot affect anybody. But this one's name changes lives. Prayers are answered. The devils run in terror. They're not afraid of any other name but that name. The name of Jesus Christ. Lastly, who is the Christ of Christmas? The Bible tells us that he is the coming king. The first time he came as a little baby in a manger. But the Bible tells us so clearly that he's coming again. But when he comes a second time, he will come in the clouds of heaven. He will come with great power and glory. He will come to set up a kingdom which will never pass away. He will come so that every ruler on earth and everyone who is alive will bow their knee and say, He is Lord. He's coming again. As Jesus ascended into heaven in the first chapter of Acts, the angels and made this announcement. They said to the disciples, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will soon so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. The same Jesus is coming back. And he's going to come as king, as Lord. He's going to establish his kingdom. And he will rule on the earth. Who is the Christ of Christmas? He's no ordinary baby. He's no ordinary being. He is the eternal creator. He's the incarnate God. He is the savior of the world. He's the risen Lord. He is the coming king. The question I want to leave you and me with is. Is the Christ of Christmas your Christ? Is he your Christ? Have you in your heart, in your life, recognized him, acknowledged him, embraced him for who he really is? Not just a reason to celebrate Christmas, but much beyond that. Have you acknowledged him as the eternal creator? The one who holds everything in him. Have you acknowledged him, embraced him, believed in him? And are you following him as the incarnate God? Have you embraced him as your savior? The one who saves you from your sins. So that whatever you're going through, you look to him to deliver you from it. Have you acknowledged him as the one who is alive? Not just an historical Christ, but as the risen Lord. Do you look to him as the coming king? Saying, Lord, I'm looking for that day. When you come as king and I bow my knee and worship you as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Is the Christ of Christmas your Christ? As long as he's just a little baby in a manger, he means nothing to you. Nothing will be affecting. As long as he's just a name on a Christmas card, 
As long as he's just a Santa who comes to bring you gifts, it means nothing. You've missed it. But when he becomes your Christ, life changes. You can worship, you can know and worship the eternal God. What does God want us to do? John chapter 1 and verse 12 says that we must receive him for who he really is. As many as received him, to them he gives the power to be born again, to become children of the living God. The question is, have you received him for who he really is? That's when he changes you. He makes you a child of God. We're going to take a moment to pray. I would like us to stand, please. This Christmas day, 2014, do you really know the Christ of Christmas? Maybe you've gone to church many, many, many times. Maybe you go to church at least once a year on Christmas day. Whatever it is, the question is, do you know the Christ of Christmas? Is he your Christ? Have you acknowledged him for who he really is? Can you see past the baby in the manger? Can you see past the jingle bells? Can you see past the Santa Claus? Can you see past the Christmas gifts? Can you lift your eyes to heaven and see the Christ of Christmas? The eternal God who created everything, who completed everything in himself before he even began creating. Can you see his fingerprints on all of creation around you? He's far more than what you and I can understand or imagine. But he became a man so that at least we can understand something about him. He came to save us from our sins. He came to save you from your sins. He wants to come into your life. He wants to be your Christ, your Messiah, your Savior. The question is, would you receive him? Would you say, yes, Jesus, today, Christmas Day 2014, I'm recognizing you for who you really are, the Christ. This creator God, the God who became man, my Savior, the risen Lord, the coming King. I ask you to come into my life. Come in. I just want to pray with us first. For those who are here this morning, perhaps. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life and become your Christ, your Savior, your God, your Lord. Maybe you've never done that before. You may have even gone to church several times, but never really made a choice, made a decision. 
to embrace Christ with all your heart. I'm not talking about just an intellectual, mental thing, but a heart thing. Maybe you've never done that in your life before. And this morning you just feel that I need to do this. And the Bible says, as many as received him, to them, it gives the power to become children of God. Have you received him into your heart, into your life? Would you like to do it this Christmas day? Would you like to receive him into your heart, into your life? If you've never done this before, or you're not certain that you've done it, I just want to lead us in a simple prayer. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me. To receive Christ into your life. Let Him be your God, your Savior, your King. If you feel that prompting inside you, you feel that you want to do this, that you want to receive Christ into your life and ask Him to make you a child of God, then would you please pray this prayer with me? Just repeat after me. Mean it from your heart. He'll do this for you. If you've never done this before, could you say this with me? Lord Jesus, I receive you into my life as my Christ, as my Savior, as my Lord. I believe you came into this world for me. I believe you died for me. That you rose up from the dead. And that you're alive today. And that you're the coming king. I believe in you. For who you are. Make me a child of God. Help me to follow you the rest of my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time, from your heart if you prayed this prayer for the very first time I want you to lift your hands anybody here you prayed this prayer for the very first time God bless you God bless you anybody else lift your hand just lift your hand just keep your hand lifted up you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time anybody up on the balcony just lift your hand keep your hand lifted up God bless you guys God bless you you know the Bible teaches us that God completed everything before he began creating he completed it Hebrews 4 verse 3 he finished all his works before the foundation of the world 
in him everything consists the beginning and the end is in him so now think about your life my life this little tiny tiny element of life 70 years 80 years however long it is think about the things that can concern us they trouble us so much but when you look at it from the fact that in him in him it's all held together then you don't have to worry you don't have to be anxious you don't have to be troubled he's got your end even before you started he's got it taken care of so i want us to pray about that this morning because sometimes the the practical journey of life even though it's so small the 60 years the 70 years the 80 years can have all its ups and downs its pains its hurts its its confusions all kinds of things can happen and when we look at it from our earthly perspective it's painful it's it's tiring it's it's you know it's so bad it's so messy but this morning i want you to look at it from as it is in him that god you've got my end taken care of and when god takes care of your end it's always better than the beginning god finishes better than he began if you think that the garden of eden was a tragic place read the last chapter of the bible read it it's got to done better so would you just take a moment to pray right now and say god in you everything consists in you i live and move and have my being you've got my end already taken care of oh god and i don't know what it is that concerns you it's your, maybe it's your family maybe it's your children maybe it's your spouse maybe it's your finances i mean whatever that little thing in this life that the troubles you maybe it could be several things but just pray and say god you've got it all done you've already taken care of those things my end is taken care of even before i arrive there it's taken care and it's redeemed in god redemption was completed in him even before creation began your end is taken care of so father i pray in the name of jesus even as each one of us lift up our hearts to you god that everything in our lives is redeemed it's redeemed unto yourself we call our families redeemed our children redeemed of the lord we declare our finances redeemed our professions our jobs our lives redeemed it's restored back to god it's brought back to its original design
and we rest in that oh god we choose to enter into this rest knowing that things are redeemed in you it's taken care of we rest in it we rest in it we declare that the devil has been defeated already is defeated off of our lives off of our families off of our children off of our finances of everything is already defeated it's done we just thank you god Thank you. Just thank you. Father, we just pray for miracles. We're going to pray right now. Just take a moment to pray for miracles to be released, healings, deliverance. That's the second thing we're going to pray. Praying for God's miracles right now. He's a great God, a mighty God who works miracles. Who does things that are beyond our capacity beyond our natural ability our father in the mighty name of Jesus we ask for the workings of miracles to be released in this place god in the lives of your people let miracles come forth in the name of Jesus miracles of healings disorders that have been there for a long time let them be healed right now in the name of Jesus Christ release miracles in this place father god let oppression be broken off in the mighty name of Jesus things that have troubled our minds let it just fall off now in the name of Jesus that people will walk out of this place miraculously set free this morning in the name of Jesus I command every oppressive work of the devil to be just taken off the minds of people in the name of Jesus God release miracles well is your miracles father god come holy spirit release miracles in this place healings deliverances Release them. Release them. Even financial miracles, God, release those miracles. Supernatural provision for your people, God, bring it in, Lord. Unexpected. That income comes, money comes from unexpected sources. Lord, bring it in for your people. You're the God of miracles. Release it, O oh God. Release it, O oh God. Release it. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your miracles. Thank you. We praise your name. We praise your name. Thank you. In Jesus' name.
Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.